everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant, attorney, and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. My passion for football, high achievement, and pushing boundaries has helped me to get into rooms with pro athletes and power players and to move the ball in multiple male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using the same Move the Ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands, their careers, and creating opportunities. Join me in conversations that will elevate your career, differentiate your hustle, and accelerate you crossing the goal line. Get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hello, and thanks for joining in for another episode. Real quickly, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And if you like the vibe of the show, share this podcast with just three others too, or more if you like, but even just three would be awesome. Today, I'm really excited to bring you round two of my conversation with Jesse Iwuji, who is a professional race car driver, an entrepreneur, and also co-owner of Jesse Iwuji Motorsports. And for those of you who like football, one of Jesse's business partners happens to be Pro Football Hall of Famer and NFL legend, Emmett Smith. Now, something else about Jesse's background that is very important to me is Jesse, like me, is a military officer. He is a Naval Academy grad, and he also played on Navy's football team. As you'll see on this episode, Jesse has got such great insights, he crushes it actually, on how to be successful in life, lessons on leadership and teamwork, and we also take a peek behind the curtain of professional racing, where Jesse shares some of the challenges of running a professional racing organization. Jesse gives us such amazing insights on this episode, and I know you're going to love it. You ready? Let's go. Jesse, it is great to have you on the show today and back inside the huddle with us. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, I'm so excited to have you back here. You've been a podcast on the show before, and I absolutely love your energy. We're going to have a great chat. So first, I got to ask, Jesse, are you ready to move the ball? Ready to move the ball. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So, Jesse, we have a lot in common. We're both military officers. We both have a huge passion for cars and racing, and we're always on the move. And like you, I'm a guest on a lot of podcasts, and I do speaking events and things like that. And people will reach out to me with questions as they do you. And something that I get asked a lot is, Jen, like, what makes you tick? You've accomplished all these things in your career. What motivates you? And where does that drive come from? So, Jesse, I'm going to ask you that same question. What makes you tick and what drives you? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that make me go. <laughs> when it comes to just my drive to, you know, go after all the different things I go after and accomplish the different things I accomplish, it's really coming from self, right? It really has to be internal. There can't be external people, external whatever that is your driving force. I mean, there can be people and things and circumstances that help continue to, you know, kind of keep the light at the end of the tunnel for you. But at the end of the day, it has to be something internal. You have to want it yourself. Nobody is going to be able to see it for you. You have to see it for yourself. So for me, whatever I like, whatever I'm into, whatever I'm interested in, if I see it and I like it, I usually typically want to be a part of it, want to do it. I hardly ever want to be on the sidelines. I've never been a fan of anything. I'd rather be in the game. I'll sit in the stands once or twice just to learn and maybe even get interested, whatever. But after that, like I'm, I'm going to the field and I got to figure out a way, even if it at first, maybe it's going to the sidelines at first and then from the sidelines going to the field, that's me. So like, let's say for example, racing, right? Me getting into racing and professionally racing. I did not come from the racing world at all. 
But as I grew up, I had this passion for cars and I was doing these track days and I was taking my personal cars to tracks and, and running multiple sessions each day. I went to the track and doing all that, but I never wanted to just continue to do it at an amateur level. I wanted to take it to the highest level possible. So for me, once again, I didn't want to sit in the grandstands forever and just be a fan of racing and just think it's cool. I'm like, Hey, if those guys can do it, I can do it too. So then I had to figure out, okay, what do I have to do to get in the game so I can be in the arena out there doing the same thing that they're doing, whether, whether I'm doing really well or not doing well, it doesn't matter. I just want to be in there. I want to go have fun. I want to compete. And I want to go accomplish it. And that's what I did. So it's always that internal driving force to never, ever be someone to be in the grandstands. I want to be in the game. Whatever I got to do, I got to figure it out. The business world as well. I've opened up different businesses. I run these businesses now today in all different kinds of industries from real estate investing to esports, government contracting, trucking. I'm all over the place in different industries. But once again, I never wanted to be on the sidelines or even you know in the grandstands. I see other entrepreneurs out there building businesses, building companies, doing really well. I'm like, hey, these people aren't any smarter than me. I know I have brains. I went to the United States Naval Academy, right? I can do anything that I want in life. And a lot of people even get the opportunity to go there. And even people who even get there, not everybody passes and graduates, right? So to be able to go there, play sports there, D1A sports, get through all that, and also graduate from the academy. If I can do that, then there's a lot of things in life that I should be able to accomplish. So looking at the business world, I said, hey, if they can do it, I could do it too. I just got to jump in. I got to be witty. I got to do the right things. And I got to put maximum effort and have maximum faith the entire time so that once again, I won't be in the grandstands. I'm going to be in the game. The folks who are in the grandstands are the ones who typically don't have max effort ability, don't have max faith, don't have all that stuff. They just like stuff they think is cool, but they'll never do what's necessary to actually get in the game. And that's, I guess, what separates the people who are in the game and people who are not, what you're willing to do to get there. Oh, for sure. And you mentioned you've got so many things that you are doing, juggling multiple balls, right? And keeping all of those balls moving forward. I mean, military career, racing, entrepreneurship, many different business ventures. I mean, people will also ask me the same thing. Like, how do you do all these different things? Because there, it is a lot. So how do you balance it off? Yeah, balancing it is, it's not easy, right? I always like to break it down to a simple way, right? There's 24 hours in a day. And 24 hours is, it, it is a short time, but it's a long time at the same time. Like we actually take for granted how much time we waste doing a lot of other things that are not necessary. If you organize your day in a very scheduled manner, you say, hey, okay, I'm going to wake up at this time. And then during this block, I'm doing this. During this block, I'm doing that. During this block, I'm doing that. You break down your days like that and you try to stay as disciplined as possible towards those blocks. You'd be surprised how much you can actually accomplish in a day. Now, other things start coming in, fires start coming in, other external factors start hitting and start taking you away from certain blocks. And that's just always going to happen. But at the end of the day, if you just stay as true as you can to those block schedules, you will get through a lot each day. You have to be willing to make those priorities a priority at the time that you're doing it, right? When you have these certain blocks, you're like, okay, at during this time, I'm doing my whatever social media management side of the business, right? Or I'm doing this or that, whatever it is. But you make what you're doing at that time, the number one priority at that time over everything else at that time. And then when you move on to the next block, you make that thing that you're doing the number one priority. What happens is some people think that they could just make everything the number one priority at once and that just won't work. Everything else has to become second to the number one thing at that time. Then you move on to the next and then something else becomes the new number one at that time. When you do it like that, you'll get a lot more things accomplished. And then that's how you balance a day where you have you know multiple priorities pulling at you throughout the day. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we do have a 24-hour clock that I recently published my latest book, well, a year and a half ago, called Dominate the Game. And in that book, there's a chapter called Managing the Game Clock, which is all about how you effectively manage those 24 hours. And I like what you talk about in terms of time blocking. And it's really about being planned and organized and intentional about how you want to spend your day. And then, as you said, your priority at that time needs to be your priority. So it's not checking email. It's not checking your phone. You get a notification. That doesn't mean you go check what it is, right? You just have to stay locked in on whatever that task is for that block of time and get it done. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's tough, right? Because there's sometimes fires that come in from other priorities, right? That all of a sudden they're like, even though you set that one priority for a particular time, all of a sudden that priority probably needs to move and become the priority right now so you can fix it because there's something about to happen that could screw up a lot of things. So it's not easy at all, right? It's not going to be perfect, but if you can stay as true as you can to the plan as much as you can, you'll find out in the grand scheme of things, you'll get a lot of things accomplished. For sure. And you know, as a professional athlete and you played football too, it's about adjusting and adapting as you need to. It's not always going to go to a plan, but having that plan and being disciplined to execute that plan while pivoting along the way is how you're really going to be successful. Exactly. Yeah. So Jesse, I do a lot of branding work. And so I look at people's brands. Obviously, you and I have been friends for a while now. And uh, you know, I keep up with you. We're obviously messaging quite a bit. And I went and looked at your webpage before the show too, just to kind of see, okay, what are the things that Jesse's promoting and holding out as his brand? And you have three words. You have a lot of words. Looks great. Website. We're going to have a link in the show notes so people can check you out. Jesse, you routine motorsports. You've got three words on the top of it, courage, honor, commitment. Why are those the first three words that you have there separated out for people to see? What do those mean to you? Where I really got those from was the United States Naval Academy. (laughs) It's something that we learned early at the Academy days where honor, courage, commitment, right? Honor is being someone who's respectful, somebody who's going to do the right thing, right? He's going to have the right integrity, right? That's what honor is. Honor is pride, integrity, everything encompassed in one. The courage side, right, is sometimes in this world, half the bad things that happen in this world all come from other people around the person or the thing that's bad that's happening, not having courage enough to step up and stop it. Half the bad things in this world wouldn't happen if someone just stepped up with courage to stop it before it happened or while it's happening, right? Let's dive into the Holocaust, right? There was plenty of people who saw exactly was nothing happened in secret. It happened in front of millions of other people who were there who weren't getting persecuted and no one stepped up. I wouldn't say no one, not enough people stepped up to stop it. You know, Hitler is one man, right? And you're saying everybody else not one person could just be like, you know what, let's stop this right now. Like, so once again, courage, right? It, it, it obviously it would take courage. It's not as simple as I'm making it seem, but it would take courage for a group of people to be like, hey, we're going to stop this. This isn't right. Like we all clearly know this isn't right. Like 10 years ago, we weren't doing this. Why are we doing this today? Right? So during the civil rights era, right? A lot of people knew that, hey, you know, people not having certain rights because it's the color of their skin, like that's not right. But there wasn't enough people with enough courage to step up. People were too scared to be like, okay, what are other people going to think about me? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my my family life, my relationships with whoever, you know, all that stuff. No one had courage, right? So courage is very, very key, right? The honor side, the courage, in the commitment, right? In order to make it in this world, you got to commit to things that you're doing. You got to 
take whatever you're making priorities, whatever you're trying to accomplish, whatever those goals are, and you got to commit to them. You got to commit to everything that's necessary to make those things succeed. And it takes time, right? It takes a lot of time. That's why there is a commitment because it just takes time. It doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes there's ups, sometimes there's downs, but you stay committed to figuring everything out that you can make it to the end. A lot of people nowadays, especially nowadays, everybody wants that fast, real quick. It happens right now and no one stays committed. If they drop the ball one down, all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's it. Instead of staying committed throughout the game, being like, hey, I know I dropped the pass in the first quarter, but that's okay. Like the next play, the next time my number gets called, I'm catching it. I'm going to make a play. A lot of people these days, they're not as committed. So the moment something bad happens, they throw their hands up, they're blaming other people, they walk away, they quit, whatever, and there's no commitment. So that's why honor, courage, and commitment is really big. That's how you accomplish anything in life. Absolutely, completely agree with you. And you're right. I mean, so many people want the quick win and they want it to happen when you execute that first play. And if it doesn't, then they're on to the next thing because they're like, oh, that didn't work. Let me go figure out something else to do instead of staying committed to what it is they were trying to achieve in the beginnings. Yep, exactly. So let's talk a little bit more about Jesse UG Motorsports. So you have some partners as well, one of them being Emmett Smith, the NFL all-time rushing leader, Hall of Famer, obviously someone who knows how to be the best in his field and not just move the ball, but dominate the game. Tell us about how that partnership came to be and some of the things you really like about being able to work with Emmett. Yeah, it's been really nice working with Emmett, with everything he's been able to accomplish in his life, not only just in the sports world and football with the Dallas Cowboys, but also in the business world as well. Connecting with him, partnering with him has been a huge blessing, right? Been able to learn a lot from him, being able to kind of see what he does, move like he moves, just learn some different things. And it takes just sometimes being in a room with people like that to be able to absorb that energy, that aura that they have, right? He didn't just learn everything on his own, right? He learned from other people as well, right? He learned from people like Roger Staubach and other people who's been in his life, Jerry Jones probably throughout his life, especially during his playing days, right? He knew that, hey, after football, he needed to establish the next part of his life. There's a lot of people out there who maybe play sports or do whatever, even the military, they're in the military, like that's their main thing that they do for 10, 15, whatever years. And then they get out and they forget that they still have probably another 30, 40, 50 years of their life still remaining, maybe probably more life remaining than they do up until that point. So for a lot of people, they don't have a plan. They don't figure out what's next. And then they end up in a bad situation. Emmett was uh, smart enough to realize early that, hey, after his playing days, he needed to figure out the next thing to do, how to stay relevant, how to continue to have businesses going and things like that. So it's been great being partnered with him, with our team. We look to continue to build what we got going on. We started this team two years ago. This is the third season that we're we're here and alive, right? Right now, we're, we're most likely going to run a partial season. We're not running every single race. We're looking to hopefully get back to full-time racing by 2025. It just takes time, right? You got to find the funding, sponsorship, all that stuff to make the wheels turn because racing is much different than every other sport. It is very expensive. And it's not like we own a football stadium to break in all the money to pay for those expenses. For sure. And let's talk about teamwork. I mean, in the military setting, in NASCAR, in business, I mean, in anything, right? Teamwork is an important part of being able to be successful. And last time you were on the show, we did talk about leadership some and teamwork, but I'd like to kind of talk about that a little bit more. So how do you build and lead effective teams in the racing environment, in the NASCAR and the Jesse Uji motorsports environment? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, to build an effective team in a motorsports environment, the biggest thing is having a group of people who are all seeing the same vision. Everybody has to be aligned. In racing, there's so many different factors that will work against you as a team, as a driver. There's so many things that you can't control, right? You can't control what the weather's going to be like on race day. You can't control if your engine's going to have a failure randomly on a race day. There's a lot of things you can do to try to prevent certain things, but you just never know. Things just happen because there's so many things that are out of your control, right? While there's all these variables that are out of your control, you got to control what the controllables are, right? The controllables are your team, your people, right? Like, is everybody aligned? Is everybody trying to move in the same direction? Is everybody there for each other, right? Like, it, you don't need a situation where the crew chief doesn't like the driver, or the driver doesn't like the crew chief, or the crew chief thinks this of the driver, or the driver thinks this of the crew chief. You don't need your spotter to be on a whole different page. You don't need the rest of your team to be like, everybody has to be a Line. Everybody has to believe the same thing. Everybody has to be moving in the same direction, no matter what happens, the good to the bad. You have a bad day, the pit crew messes up. Well, okay, they messed up. Let's fix it. Let's do what's necessary to fix it. Let's not sit there and cast blame, you know, ream people out, this and that. Let's figure out, okay, what was the issue? How do we fix it? Let's move forward. So let's not keep making the issue happen again. If the crew chief makes a bad call and all of a sudden you were in a position to have a good race and all of a sudden now you're not in a position to have a good race, it's all good. Like, keep moving. Like, where do we make a mistake? How can we fix it so it doesn't happen again? You move forward. But if you can have a team that does that and everybody's aligned together and moving in the same direction always and everybody keeps cool heads and consistently wants to be better and wants to make everybody around them better and tries to figure out different ways to make each other better versus everybody just kind of doing their own thing, that's how you have a good, cohesive team. Have we as a team figured that out fully. I wouldn't say we have. We've had three different crews of people work on a car. The latest crew that we just had, probably our better one that we've had, at least everybody thinking in the same way, moving in the same direction. The second crew that we had, I feel like they were very talented as a crew, put together great race cars, but I don't feel like we were all together cohesively moving in the same direction. I feel like some people had their own packs, their own crews, their own groups, their own thing, and they all wanted to move in one way. And sometimes we moved in the same directions and sometimes we didn't. You can't have that. You got to always move in the same direction. Everyone has to believe in each other no matter what. Everyone has to encourage each other no matter what. And that's how you have success as a team. And that's part of the journey too, right? You mentioned that you guys have just been a few years in business here. And so, I mean, there's an evolution there. There's trying, you know, other people out, seeing what's working, what's not. And so I'm confident that you guys are going to continue to get better and move the ball and do great things. Oh yeah, for sure. Most definitely. Now we will, we'll continue to grow. We'll continue to get better as we bring on new people, as we try new things. There's a lot of things we got to continue to look out for, but I think a big help would be new, fresh people into the sport, into the industry, right? Because then they can see things from different ways and they can, they're not jaded, <laughs> you know, and when you have new, fresh eyes, usually it helps them out to better things. For sure. So let's talk about the high performance, the competitive athlete mindset for a minute. What mental strategies do you use to kind of maintain that high performance mindset, both on and off the track and also when things are going your way? The biggest thing is keeping that mental focus, right? You have to stay focused throughout a race, throughout a game, throughout whatever you're doing. If you want to perform at the highest level, most of the time, no matter what you're doing, it's all mental. There's hardly anything we do out there that is all physical and not mental. Even let's even go into competitive like weightlifting and and things like that, right? Those guys, there's a lot of strength that's involved, right? You know, you can't just be weak to be able to do the things that they do, but they'll also tell you too, half of it is just mental. They all are about the same strength. It's just who has the 
the mental willpower? Who's able to will themselves to pick up that, I don't know how much weight, thousand pounds, 1500, whatever it is, you know, whatever they're picking up and power cleaning or bench pressing or squatting or whatever. It is just straight mental. Like who isn't going to give in when you have that same mental in other sports like football, basketball, golf, tennis, even racing and racing is like, who's going to will their way to a successful day? Right. And when you have that right mental, you will have the right focus and everything is clear. You know exactly where you need to be. You just stay right there in that rhythm the entire time. When you can achieve that game after game, race after race, competition after competition, those are the people who are going to become the greatest. It's just those who are able to stay in that rhythm more than everybody else and make the least amount of mistakes. Right. Yeah, that focus is absolutely critical to your success. So I want to ask you to give us another peek behind the curtain. I mean, running a NASCAR team involves a lot of logistical aspects. And you've shared a little bit with us already, but can you give us some more insights into like the day-to-day operations of the team and partnerships and things that have been crucial for your success? Day-to-day, a lot of it's admin. A lot of it's just getting the cars ready, right, for upcoming races that we're going to do. It's not like your street car, right? Your average street car is sitting outside or sitting in your garage and it's just ready to go. That's not how it is for us. We don't just have cars sitting there ready to go. There's like one full car that's pretty much sitting there, dang near ready to go. The other one's 60% put together, but could be put together and ready to go. And then the other ones are bare chassis right now, right? So it takes time and effort to get all those things ready. There's different stages, right? So we're always doing things to make sure that they're getting to the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. Obviously, all this costs money and takes time. So sometimes like, oh, we don't have extra money right now to get this car to this next stage. So that's going to have to just sit there for right now and so on, right? Now, when you have all the sponsorship in the world, all the funding in the world, then everything just flows always, right? But when you don't, <laughs> you got to be smart on how cash flow is happening and and what you're spending on, what's coming in, what's going out. Just managing that, managing cash flow, managing the money, managing how you're going to get to the next week and the next week and the next week. It's just like any other business, except it's just really expensive with not a lot of revenue coming in, right? Most businesses, like you have money coming in because you're like selling stuff, you're doing this, so you can use that to buy the next thing and the next thing and so on. Whereas for us, it's like, oh, you get some sponsorship, and you don't get anything for a long time. So then you got to figure out how to make that work. We are masters at stretching a dollar. We make a dollar look like 10 somehow, some way. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an industry that you have to be very creative and make each dollar last to the max. Yeah. For sure. So something else that's important in any professional sport is that fan engagement, that community engagement, making an impact and interacting with the community at large. What are some of the things that you guys have gotten to do over the years that have been fun to interact with the community? Over the last few years, we've done a, quite a few things. We've actually put more of a focus on STEM. Prior to that, I was doing a lot of stuff with veterans, right? And I still do that, right? Doing things with different veteran organizations, going around to different events, you know, just being there for our vets, right? The next thing that I added onto that was helping out in underserved communities in different ways, right? Helping out uh, communities that are more minorities and, you know, maybe they don't have access to NASCAR or racing and things like that and to being part of that. And then also we added on top of that, you know, over the last year, year and a half or so, is really putting a focus on STEM, right? At the end of the day, we can be there for whoever we want to be there for, but if we're not educating our people, if we're not helping make education fun, right, by pairing race cars and esports and sim racing and stuff like that with STEM, right, science, technology, engineering, math, you pair all that together because it does work all together. All of a sudden, now you're making it fun, right? Not too many kids want to sit around and learn about science, technology, engineering, math. It's just kind of boring, right? You're like, oh, I have to do this, right? When you pair it with racing, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shoot, that's kind of cool. Like, you can really pair all that with racing 
Yes, there is a reason why our tires turn, <laughs> right? There's a lot of science to it, a lot of technology to it, a lot of engineering to it, a lot of engineering and a lot of math that makes it to where our cars can spin those wheels and turn left. And if we go to road courses, turn right as well. Right, absolutely. And I think what you're doing in STEM world is great. It's something that's very close to me too, having two engineering degrees. And in my former life, I used to do a lot more in terms of engaging with people on STEM and influencing high school students, younger students on STEM disciplines and how fun it really could be. And fun fact that I don't think you knew about me too is when I was an undergrad, I actually led my school solar car team, the electrical nice. systems for it. So yeah, so yeah. definitely STEM plays a huge factor in racing and robotics, and yeah. medical field, and so many things that people do not think about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's super cool that you did that. <laughs> so as you look at the future, uh, well, 2024 and beyond, what excites you the most about kind of where you're going in the racing world? Yeah, I mean, what excites us the most is, you know, I know there's going to be some changes in NASCAR coming soon. They just recently announced something about electrical cars that they're testing right now. So there's going to be some massive changes happening in racing and where that's going to go, not fully sure yet, but that's exciting, right? It's different, right? We've been doing kind of the same thing for a real long time. And trust me, I like my internal combustion engines, right? But yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of electric aspect to it, right? Not saying that we need to go full electric, but even like hybrid, right? Having a hybrid technology, maybe having all-wheel drive cars, electrical motor up front, you know, powering those front wheels and then, you know, our, our internal combustion engines powering the rear wheels. I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be really, really cool actually now it'd be a lot more expensive so we'd have to figure out how to cover all that cost but i think it'd be interesting i think it'd be cool to figure out a way to pair the two so that everybody gets all the best of all the worlds right you get this all-wheel drive system you get a little bit of electric power helping power the car give it more horsepower give it more grip and then also you have your internal combustion motor roaring you're giving it that crazy v8 sound revving to you know 8,800 RPM, you name it i think that'd be super cool so that's coming up how we're going to navigate that all i have no clue We'll figure it out. But I know there's a lot of things changing in NASCAR when it comes to TV deals and so on. So hopefully all that helps us too as well. So those are some of the things we're kind of looking forward to. Right now, everything's kind of flowing the same way as it did last year. <laughs> Starting 2025 season, there's going to be some changes happening when it comes to these cars and things like that and how we're going to potentially change up and shake up the series. I think over the next few years, that's definitely going to happen. So it's something to look forward to. New people are coming into the sport, new owners, new car owners, team owners, whatever, drivers, you name it. So things are changing. I think it'll be for the better. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing how the sport continues to evolve. And you talk about electric cars. I mean, I am a Tesla owner, which is all electric. Yeah. Some people think it's hybrid. It is all electric. More internationally, Formula E is an all electric race car. And so it's something that I've been following for a while. And I talk with people in that community. It's very interesting to hear the perspectives and how things are different versus an internal combustion engine car. So yeah. I look forward to seeing how NASCAR decides to integrate electric technology into racing. Yeah, no, it should be fun. It should be interesting. It definitely going to be a really big change. <laughs> well, what I want to do now, Jesse, is I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you some fun questions as part of my two-minute drill. We'll be right back. You already know how to move the ball. Now it's time to dominate the game. In my latest book, Dominate the Game, I uncover the strategies of top performers that are proven to tackle procrastination, break through barriers, and more, giving you the confidence to go after everything you want. Life is about more than just showing up. It's about differentiating, elevating, and dominating. So here's the deal. Grab your copy of Dominate the Game today and get your playbook for success. Make this next year the year you dominate in every aspect of your life. 
Because remember, the game is yours to conquer. All right, Jesse, we are back. Are you ready for some more fun questions? I'm ready for some fun questions. Well, I hope you think these questions are fun. (laughs) We'll see. All right. First question is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? When I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a scientist, actually. (laughs) And did you have a particular kind? No, I just, in my mind, I think I saw myself with a lab coat and just being like, I, I didn't, I don't even know why I picked it. I just decided that that was going to be it. I don't know why, but then that all changed some years later. <laughs> okay. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Tenacious, diligent. I would say just consistent. Why are you worth knowing? I'm worth knowing because I'm the type of person who will not only go out and accomplish everything I say I'm going to accomplish, but then turn around and help other people along the way who want to get to the same place or just go up in life, period. Turn around, take my life experiences and figure out ways to convert it to help other people so they can get to wherever they need to go to. That's why I'm worth knowing. And there's not a lot of good people out there who will do that. There's too many bad people in this world and not enough good ones. So if I can be that good one and do what I can to do good in this world, then that's what I want to do. Because evil sucks and I'm here to take care of it and push it out of the way. I love it. I think, I mean, obviously from knowing you, you're very genuine. You're a guy that who's very service-minded. So definitely can see why you would take that view and agree with it too. Definitely a reason why you're worth knowing. All right. The next question is who would play you in a movie about your life? Uh, you know, I actually thought about this question before, but I couldn't find anyone in Hollywood who actually like looked like me. So it's tough. He'd have to cut his hair, get rid of the facial hair and all that stuff. But then it would probably be Denzel Washington's son. And I'm forgetting his first name, but he actually was just in that movie creator. John David Washington. Yes, that guy. Yes. I would say he, he'd be the closest right now since Chadwick Boseman isn't here with us anymore. Oh, I think uh-huh. he'd be the one that I can think of right now. He does a good job. I really enjoyed him in the Ballers show. Yeah, he was great. He was yeah. great. Uh, he was great. That's when I first heard about him. He was great. <laughs> yes, and I didn't know he was Denzel's son when I Me watched neither. it So Me later. Neither. And yeah. then you could see, once you knew that, then you could see the similarity oh, in yeah. acting styles. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Most definitely. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I can do a movie trailer voice. Action, romance, desire. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice. In a world where few survive, he had one chance. and His chance was to fight back. But what he didn't know was someone's playing a deadly game. Oh, yeah. Hired. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> so there, that's my movie trailer voice right there. <laughs> okay. What is a pet peeve of yours? One of them is when someone asks me if they can ask me a question. So if someone hits me up and says, hey, can I ask you a question? Why do you just, you just did, you just asked me a question. Why don't you just ask me a question right now? And then the other one is before any race or before any game, I've played football or whatever. When people come up and ask me, are you ready? I'm like, what kind of question is that? Like, what do you want me to tell you? There's only one answer to that. Yes. Why would I tell you before a race? No, I'm not ready, man. I'm, I'm just not ready. Like what? So there is only one way. So when people ask me, are you ready? Like, especially if they text it to me, I'm not answering the text. Not answering. I'm not responding to them. I'm like, this stupid question. Like, am I ready? Like, what do you think? I am. Yes. yes. That's why I'm about to do it. Like, I would have not showed up if I was you know? Okay. <laughs> and I got two bonus questions for you. One, what was your favorite racetrack to drive on? 
I really, really enjoy driving at Road America a lot. And in Japan, I really love driving on Fuji Speedway. I think, honestly, that's like one of my most favorite tracks right now is Fuji Speedway. Nice. And then the last question is, if you could race against any historical figure, who would it be? It would probably be Artin Senna. Ayrton yeah, Senna. Not Artin, Ayrton Senna. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Because like the guy's a legend. I just would love to see how much faster he is than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good person to pick for sure. Yeah. So, Jesse, we're getting ready to close our show. But something I like to help people with is if they're looking at a career in a particular field, like someone who's in that field, giving them advice on how to get started. So if somebody is interested in having a career, not necessarily as a driver, but just being involved with the racing team or NASCAR team, what are some things you would tell them to do to try to help enable themselves to get a career in that direction? You know, if you're looking to get into whatever it is, whether it's in racing, Navy, whatever, whatever it is, have a vision. Right. You got to clearly see yourself accomplishing whatever that is and getting into wherever you're going. After you have that vision, you have to put action towards it on a daily basis. Right. You got to be doing things towards it. Like, what are you doing today towards it? Right. Who are you connecting with? What are you doing? What are you signing up for? Where are you going to learn? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you doing to get closer to that every single day? Now that you have the vision and the action, do you have massive faith that no matter what happens, it's going to come true because you're putting action towards it and you have that vision and it was meant to be? Right. God put it in your head. This is what's going to happen having massive faith with God that it's going to happen, right? And then as you're doing all that with the faith, the action, and having the vision, you are never quitting throughout the entire journey because things will happen, bad things will happen, but you just don't quit. You just continue to go after it. You get after it. You just be creative to figure out the next way, the next way. You put all that together, then you'll get to where you want. But the one thing you can't forget is as you're doing it all, make sure you help other people around you too. It's one thing to build a skyscraper, but it's a whole lot better to build a skyline. Yes. Oh, I love that. So Jesse, as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners and also let people know where you at on social media? How can people keep up with all the great things that you're doing? Last thoughts is for those out there, go after your goals and dreams, accomplish everything you're supposed to accomplish in life by once again, having that massive faith, putting action towards it every single day. And then for those looking to find me on social media, make sure that you go to Instagram, LinkedIn. I don't really do Twitter much, but I'm on there. All the different social media platforms, type in my name, Jesse Wuji. That's J-E-S-S-E, last name I-W-U-J-I. You put that all in and you'll find me. I don't have any stage names. I don't have any fake names. It's just me. If you see someone who has my picture but doesn't have a name on there, like my full name, then it's probably not me. Probably a fake profile. Don't follow it and don't send them any money. (laughs) And we will put all the links to your real profiles in the show notes so people can keep up with you on your journey. Jesse, thank you so much for being on the show today. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you hit that follow button so that you're always in the know when another episode comes out. And also, be sure to share the show with a few friends too. And Jesse has dropped so many valuable nuggets here today. If there was something that you really took away from the show, post it on social media, tag me, tag Jesse. We'd love to know what it is that you found valuable from our episode. And until next time, make sure that you're always suiting up, showing up, and moving the ball. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you found this episode to be helpful, do me a favor, leave me a review and also share the show with a few friends too. Next, if you're looking to take your career to that next level, unlocking the path to executive heights and high income opportunities, go to www.thenextfirstdown.com and join the newsletter. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you accelerate your career today, not tomorrow, not next week, today. As always, I'm here to be in your corner and help you to move the ball. Until next time.